Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Germantown Presbyterian Church. Welcome, one and all. It's a delight to see everybody this morning. Welcome, especially if you're visiting with us. It's a special pleasure to welcome you to GPC. We're delighted that everybody is here. If you are visiting with us and you'd like to pick up a yellow visitor's bag, we have those in the narthex, and it's got details about the church. It's got Lots of different uh, aspects of church life are chronicled in there, plus a few uh, special goodie items for you to thank you for visiting. So pick up a yellow visitor's bag if you would like to, and uh, welcome indeed one and all. We invite you to sign the friendship pad that's on the inside aisle of each pew, the maroon pad, if you would sign your name to that, and uh, pass that down the pew, and 
note who you're worshiping with, and you'll have a chance to greet everybody in just a few minutes. We want to welcome everybody who's worshiping with us online. We're delighted that we have our uh, congregation here in the sanctuary. We also know that there are people worshiping with us at home right now, or they're traveling this weekend, and they're taking time to join us in our live stream. And so welcome to everybody who is worshiping with us online. We're delighted that you could be with us also. You can download the bulletin on the church website, and you can see uh, everything that we're doing in here. You can worship along with us, um, following in the bulletin, and, and take part in everything as you worship with us at home. So thank you, one and all, for worshiping with us this morning. Today is Christ the King Sunday, and that means this is the end of the Christian year. This is in the uh, lectionary year. This is where we proclaim our faith in, in uh, our risen Lord, that He is King of all and uh, Lord of all creation and heaven and earth. And so we will start over next week with the first Sunday of Advent and start telling the story of Christ all over again from the long years of waiting and anticipating that we mark in the season of Advent. And then we'll cycle through Christmas uh, all the way through to tell the story of Christ over again in the next year. But we come to worship God on this beautiful Christ the King Sunday. It is also Commitment Sunday here at GPC, and we do this every year where we, of course, uh, invite people to turn in their commitment cards in a very special offering. And I know you've heard a lot about this in the last several weeks, about how we're in a very special campaign this year called Engaging Our Potential where we have prayerfully uh, been inviting people to consider um, not, not what we do every year, which is turn in a, a commitment card for giving for the next one year, but to think about the next two years of your giving. And then, uh, with a desire to pay off the debt from the educational building, what can you add to that so that over the course of the next two years, we support our regular funding, but we also retire the debt. And we're so grateful for uh, all the people who are prayerfully considering their giving and what they might uh, support the church with in our regular funding, but also our debt retirement and that very special Engaging Our Potential campaign. So we do this uh, on Christ the King Sunday every year. We have a special offering moment where if today is the right day uh, and you're ready to turn in your commitment card, then at the moment uh, when you're invited to do so, we'll come in from the center aisles and you can place your commitment card here in the, uh, in the basket as you see it. Um, if today's the right day, if you're ready today. And here's what we know. A lot of people have already turned in their commitment cards, so they won't stand up and come down. And we have some guests and some visitors with us. And of course, you're not expected to turn in a, a commitment card for the church. So there'll be visitors. There'll be people who have already turned in their card who won't be coming down. But if this is the day you've been waiting for, when you can turn in your commitment card, we'll have that very special offering um, in just a few minutes in our worship service. And if today's not the right day, if you still need to kind of sit down and think about things and pray about things and your generosity, then of course we'll be accepting those cards in the mail and in the next several weeks you can bring them to church as well. So thank you for being here on this Commitment Sunday. This is going to be a great Advent and Christmas season. Um, you know, last year we were so hunkered down that we weren't able to do all of our usual things. Well, this year we're planning on a wonderful Advent season. And so you can see lots of things in your bulletin about special uh, services that are happening and special events and concerts and um, our choir and, and so many musicians doing things over the next several weeks. 
We will also, uh, beginning the first Wednesday in uh, December, we're going to have a Wednesday night Advent devotional series. And we'll make these pamphlets available next Sunday. They'll be available for everybody to pick up. But uh, we want everybody to participate, and there'll be three different Bible studies on a uh, Wednesday night. There'll be one for women, one for men, and then a mixed group that will be uh, taught by Mike. And so um, please do uh, come back to a Bible study here at GPC if it's been a while. And you can see this uh, next week. You'll get this, and you can participate. And uh, while the adults are at that Bible study, the children will be participating in in the Advent unit for them as they prepare uh, for our Christmas Eve family worship service. And so that children's event happening again this year as well. So all sorts of special things happening. Our annual chili cook-off, Christmas caroling, and the chili supper that we have on the same day. Some people come for both. Some people just go caroling uh, with us to our retirement communities and other places. Some people only come for the chili uh, cook-off on the 19th, and that's good. You can come to one or other, or you can come to both. The children's dessert competition is back by special demand this year, where our kids will compete for, uh, for making great desserts. All of our chili cookers will compete to see who makes the best chili. It's going to be a really fun evening, and as well, all these things in Advent. So please make yourself available for all of these things. Finally, friends, just a, a notice. You may have already seen this, but just a Just a word from our session after last uh, Sunday night, last Thursday night's session meeting, our elders met to, again, as we have um, throughout the whole pandemic, to try to consider what's the right approach for GPC, what's the best thing based on those uh, medical experts who are advising us, as well as others that we're listening to. And so, um, of course, we are uh, trying to, to find the right way to keep people safe and yet acknowledge uh, that, that uh, many people are vaccinated and the numbers are down and all of that. So just a, uh, a word that, um, of course, uh, if you're masking, we want anybody to wear a mask who needs to wear a mask and wants to wear a mask to protect themselves from uh, exposure to COVID. And you may have yourself or a family member that uh, you want to wear a mask in order to protect so that masks are recommended but not required. And that's a little bit of a change in our language. Um, We do want people who are still working with children to wear a mask uh, until more of them can be vaccinated, if their parents will have them vaccinated. And so we want that to happen. Um, So those working with children still wear a mask. Um, But but you you can see we're trying to offer that possibility of wearing a mask for everybody who wants to and needs to for their own health and for their own sake. So we'll keep that going. But thank you from the session for everybody's prayers and everybody's wisdom and everybody's sharing different ideas um, with what they think we ought to do and what's right from, uh, from a medical perspective and a Christian perspective, and we do appreciate the feedback very, very much. So having said that, I'll now say that's all of our announcements, except for one more. I forgot to say thank you to the uh, folks who created our beautiful cornucopia for Thanksgiving weekend up, um, up on the chancel area. It's one of my favorites that we have this Sunday every year. You can see how beautiful it is and all the fall colors, all the fruits and vegetables. It reminds us that we worship a wonderful and graceful and powerfully creative God 
who formed all of this and made all of this. And so on this Thanksgiving weekend, we wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, and we're grateful that uh, this beautiful um, arrangement edifies our worship service as we worship God and thank God for all of the beauty of uh, the abundance of creation, and thank you to those who made this possible for us this morning. Those are all of our announcements. Now let us prepare our hearts and minds to worship God. Good morning. Today is Christ the King Sunday. We gather to worship a holy and sovereign Lord. Please stand and join me in our call to worship. The Lord reigns and is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. The seas have lifted up, Lord. The seas have lifted up their voice. Your statutes, Lord, stand firm. Holiness adorns your house for endless days.
Christ died for sinners, and he rose to give us new life. As we confess our sin together, may we be reminded of our need for God's grace. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, we worship you with heart, mind, mind, and strength. Doing so requires honesty about ourselves, which we are often reluctant to offer. We sin against you and others by our thoughts and our actions. We defy your good ways for human life, and we cross over the boundary between right and wrong. Please forgive us in the name of Christ. Look upon us and see us in sin. His obedient heart and his righteous life. May we be forgiven in his name we pray. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. God shows us mercy through Christ. We are justified and renewed through grace. And I declare to you that in the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. As our children come forward for the children's sermon, I invite you to greet one another with the peace of Christ. There's so many of y'all today. This is awesome. How are you doing this morning, guys? Oh, they're all good. You're good. So who can tell me what is this week? Someone said fall, Thanksgiving break. I like that it's Thanksgiving break and not Thanksgiving because we get school off. But yeah, Thanksgiving's this week. Uh Thanksgiving has me in the mood where I'm thinking about all the things that I have that I'm thankful for, but it's also having me think about all the things that I want, because you know Santa's coming right around the corner. So some of the things that I want are like a new bicycle, or a Nintendo Switch, or, oh, yeah, you want a Nintendo Switch too? Mom, take notes. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, but I have to stop myself from thinking about all the things I want and start thinking about all the things that I have that I'm thankful for, which is why Thanksgiving is such a special day. It's a day that we can thank God for all the things that we've been given. So I wanted to read you guys a little verse that reminds me of that. It's from 1 Timothy 6. Hey, Alex. Uh, it says, There is great gain in godliness with contentment, for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these, we shall be content. So we're reminded of all the things that we have, like food and contentment, but he all, uh, food and clothing, but we also are told that we have godliness with us. So as long as we have food and clothes and God, we should be content. And I have to stop myself from thinking about all the things that I want and sometimes be happy with the things that I have, you know? So would you guys pray with me? Thank you. Dear God, thank you for bringing us here today. Thank you for help us to have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. And help us to remember to stay thankful for all the things you've given us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming up, guys.
Please join me in prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, we have the abundance of the harvest on display in front of us. And so we pray pray for that same abundant spirit to be with us as we read these words. Lord, speak to us through John's words. And may we imagine for ourselves this incredible encounter between Pilate and Jesus so many years ago. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our New Testament lesson this morning is this reading from John, chapter 18, starting in verse 33, reading through verse 38, this really powerful, uh, short but powerful dialogue between these two different kinds of kings, these rulers, Pilate on the one hand, and then Jesus, King Jesus also on the other. Here's what John has to say. Then Pilate entered the palace again, summoning Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, then my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is... My kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king, and for this reason I was born. For this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, What is truth? Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Let's dive right into this very powerful scene here in the governor's palace between Pilate and Jesus. The religious leaders have brought Jesus to Pilate, and they are demanding that he execute Jesus on behalf of the Roman Empire. This is a very serious moment, and Pilate knows it. 
Pilate understands what is at stake here with all these people outside of his palace. And as he summons Jesus into the palace, this is a really serious moment. Pontius Pilate governed the region of Judea around Jerusalem on behalf of Tiberius, the Roman emperor at the time. Now, we all know Pontius Pilate's name because on most Sundays when we say an affirmation of faith, we frequently say the Apostles' Creed and we all remember that Jesus Christ suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. It was important for the early church to remember by name this real historical figure who caused Jesus' suffering, crucifixion, and death. And so we remember him. Pilate's job, we know, was to prevent revolution in this portion of the Roman Empire. He made some administrative decisions, of course, as he would as a governor. But really what he is there for is to use the backing of the Roman troops that are all positioned there to stop any kind of revolt. There was a Jewish historian back then named Josephus, and he writes a lot about Judaism and the Roman Empire. And he writes about Pontius Pilate. This is all outside of Scripture material. But Josephus writes about Pontius Pilate and about how ignorant he was and how callous he was toward the Jewish people that he was appointed to rule over. He didn't care very much at all about these people that he was governing. I remember reading an article now, it's probably been at least 15 or 20 years ago, about a newly appointed ambassador to Japan. And it was an important appointment because... There were some intense negotiations happening about some military bases over in the Japanese area. This was also a time when a trade pact was going to be negotiated and renewed between Japan and the United States. And then the article happened to mention that that newly appointed ambassador to Japan had not only uh, never been to Japan before, but he also didn't speak Japanese. And I thought to myself, how on earth could somebody like that be appointed to be an ambassador to Japan? And then you read on through the article and you read that he was a very large financial contributor to the president who appointed him to be that ambassador. And that's kind of what's going on here with Pontius Pilate. Pontius was the the, uh, family name from an important Roman family. As a political favor, he was appointed to rule over the Jewish region there in Galilee, even though he didn't know anything about them and didn't care anything about uh, the people that he was going to govern. You can even see his, his kind of callousness and even his disdain when he gets into this questioning back and forth with Jesus. And he says, I, am I a Jew? I don't know what your people believe. I don't know if you're a king or not. Why have they brought you to me? What have you done? Jesus starts then talking about his kingdom and about the kind of king he is and about his kingdom and how his kingdom is not a worldly kingdom. If he ruled a worldly kingdom, then his people, his soldiers, his loyal followers, they would use violence in order to defend him. That's what loyal followers, loyal soldiers do. They pledge themselves to the death to defend their king. But Jesus says, that's not my kind of kingdom. This is not what will happen because my kingdom, he says, is not of this world. And what you see as you read this short dialogue right here, but you see this in the whole Gospel of John, you see what Jesus is doing here, which is setting up very different contrasting views of kingdoms 
and kings, almost contradictory types of kingdoms and kings. There's Pilate's way of earthly kingship versus Jesus' way of heavenly kingship. Pilate who knows nothing and cares nothing about his subjects versus Jesus who knows everything about his subjects and who cares deeply, cares immensely about his people. Pilate's indifference about their well-being versus Jesus' deep concern for all of our well-being. Some very different types of kings. Pilate is rewarded as long as he can keep revolts down and keep the chaos at bay, then he can stay aloof in this luxurious palace of his and make decisions from afar and stay away from all those people that he cares nothing about. People may come and pay tribute to him because they want a special favor and he'll take their expensive gift and stay in luxury. But not King Jesus. Jesus is never like that. He never is never aloof. Read through the Gospels and King Jesus is down among the people every day. He's doing things that that royalty would never do. He is is touching people and healing them. Touching leprous skin. Touching blind eyes. Being around crippled people. All these unclean people. He is there forgiving people's sins. He's putting people back in touch with the God who made them. This king takes the form of a servant. That is the mark of Jesus' kingship. It is His service. He takes the form of a slave, says Philippians. He does not live in luxury. He lives humbly. He lives even in poverty in order to be with the people and connect all of us back to God. What does Jesus do? He embodies God's will for all the people that He loves. He embodies God's will. He pours Himself out so that all of us might be filled up with the healing grace of Almighty God. This is the type of kingship that we remember on this day, on Christ the King Sunday. We know all about worldly power and rulers and kings. We come to remember our heavenly King and worship King Jesus on this day. This this King who emptied Himself out of all of God's glory in order to be found in the form of a servant. We'll start all over again next week with the first Sunday of Advent to begin again the telling of the story of Jesus over the course of the next year. But it all ends today with our solid affirmation that Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone is our ruler and our King and our Lord. Now, if you've been around GPC for any length of time, you'll also know, I think, that Commitment Sunday and Christ the King Sunday in our church overlap. And that is not a coincidence. Every year on Christ the King Sunday, we also have our special commitment card offering by which we invite people to come forward and to, for in this case, think about this year and next year and, and what kind of loan uh, forgiveness we can have and how can we pay all of that off. This is an important moment. It's an important moment because it helps us remember To whom are we ultimately loyal? And to whom do we pay our tribute to? Do we serve? Do we serve? And what choice to make? Do we serve ultimately the the things of this world and the, the kingdoms of this world and the rulers of this world? 
Do we pay tribute to you? Do we, we spend our money on and pay tribute to and buy into the things of this world and its luxuries and all of its possibilities? Do we invest more in the luxuries that we want to live in while not considering the real ministry and real suffering and maybe stay apart and aloof with all of our possessions and our money? Or do we serve and support the one who came to serve and support us first? Do we bring tribute to the Prince of Peace? Do we subscribe to, to His ways of peace and not fighting and not giving in to anger? Do we give out of joy and out of grace and love because so much joy and grace and love has already been poured into us by God? Do we give toward ministry that tries to relieve suffering every day like Jesus did? So today is Commitment Sunday, and it's Christ the King Sunday, and here at GPC, that is not a fluke. And I, I won't speak for you. I never try to, but I do try to tell you what it means for me that putting in a commitment card for next year and the following year and the year after that is so important for me personally to remind myself to whom I belong ultimately. And answering that question to which kingdom and which kind of ruler that I belong to is always found as a reminder written down on that card and put in that basket. And that's why I need to do this annually every year to remind myself ultimately to whom I pay tribute. And we have a lot of folks in our church who do that. And I just want to offer a special invitation a special invitation because we do have a number of folks who are, who are part of the GPC family and yet they never have ever written anything down on a pledge card. They give, but they never write anything down on a commitment card. And I just want to invite you to prayerfully consider that this year, this year might be the first year that you do this. Whether you've been here for 50 years or five or five months, let this year be the first year that you actually write down as a visible reminder to whom you belong. And I don't know about you, but I need that to keep me from buying into all the ways of the world as opposed to buying into and investing into and supporting the ways of Jesus Christ. I just want to finish by saying there's another important question that... Uh, Pilate asks in this reading. There's another important question he asks, and that is, what is truth? What is truth? Jesus talks about himself all through the Gospel of John as being the truth, and that for us as Christians, truth is not first a set of doctrine or a set of dogma or intellectual capacities that we have to wrap our minds around. For us as Christians, truth is always personal. It is always personal because the truth, the one who defines all truth, is a person. That person is Jesus Christ. And so many times in our world, we want truth to be kind of malleable and bendable to, to suit our circumstances or our preferences or our beliefs. And Pilate does this in just a minute. After this reading right here, he goes out and he gauges public opinion in order to determine what to do. And sometimes we want truth to, to conform to public opinion. But it doesn't. It doesn't because Jesus Christ is the truth and, and He is not malleable. 
There are certain things that we come to believe once we fall in love with Him and develop that relationship, and there are things we believe about, about Christianity and about truth, but truth, first and foremost, is always about a relationship, a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And so as we come to uh, this morning and what we're doing with this particular commitment, you have heard us speak over the last four weeks about engaging our potential and how we're wrapping around our, our engaging our potential campaign around our four strategic goals, connecting, growing, caring, and sharing. And today we're talking about sharing and what it means for us as a church to want to share the truth with the whole world. I mean, we have this incredible message of God's love and God's grace. We've staked our lives on this message. It is such good news that it is our joyful obligation to share this good news with the whole world, with our communities, Germantown, Cairo, East Memphis, with Shelby County, anybody who comes into our orbit now, even so many people who are worshiping with us online from afar, that we want to share the good, we want to communicate the great grace of God that is poured out into all of our lives. How do we share that? Through all these different ways of communicating. Whether it's in a worship service and you hear oral communication or beautifully sung communication like a few minutes ago. Or you hear it and you read it in the newsletter or you see it online. You see all these different ways that we have to communicate nowadays. That this is one of our primary responsibilities as a church to share. To communicate the good news of God through Jesus Christ. Because we want people to develop this relationship with the truth, with the truth of God found in Christ. So we're concentrating, our committees are concentrating on sharing and how do we share and how do we communicate in all the various ways right now so that people can love Jesus Christ as the truth. And so each week during our Engaging Our Potential campaign, we've been inviting, we've been inviting people to come up and to offer a glimpse, just a window of, of one person here and one person there, of what it means to, to be the recipient of and to participate in this sharing ministry of, of Jesus Christ and of GPC. And so when I think about all the people who have invested in this place and invested in all of us years ago, it was their present back then, but they were investing in this place for the future which is for us right here and now. And so for our last focus on engaging our potential, we wanted to invite two people up who have grown up here in our midst at GPC, knowing that they are part of the present, of course, right here and now. But they also represent the future. And they represent a, a generation or two of people that will, probably, that, that will be here probably after most of us are long gone. And that what you are doing in this Engaging Our Potential campaign, you are investing in people in the future that you may never know, just as people invested in us, even though they didn't know us. And so we've invited our youth elder, Chancellor Reynolds, and we are also inviting Rachel Bolden, until earlier this year, known as Rachel Hornberg, um, two people who have grown up in this congregation to come and share just a little bit about their experience and their hope that you would support this campaign to invest in them and all that they represent for the future years to come. And so I invite Chancellor and Rachel to come up to the lectern and share their experience with us now.
Hi. Um, like Will said, my name is Rachel Bolden. I was Rachel Hornberg till March. Um, so if you know Bo and Susan over there, those are my parents. Um, and I graduated from this youth group in 2015. So coming up on seven years ago, which seems like a really long time. Um, and this year I was asked to help with youth as an adult, which has been so fun and truly been a blessing. Um, when I got asked to speak about youth and why it's important to invest in the children and the youth of the church, it kind of got me thinking back on a couple of the things that I learned while I was in youth group that have really helped me as an adult. Um, so there's two things that really stick out. And the first thing was that I learned how to stay true to what I knew and what I believed about God and about the Bible. Um, I went to the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville, blue pig. Um, Y'all knew I couldn't get up here and not say it. Um, and I went to this church in college that had phenomenal worship, loved the worship, and the sermon was usually really good too. But there was a couple weeks where the preacher said something that I just didn't agree with, and I was kind of shocked that he said it. And I looked at my roommate, and I was like, what? What did he say? And I was able to talk about those things with my friends, with my roommates, with my small group. And I was able to pray about it, journal about it, and kind of work through those things. And I was able to do that because of what I learned in youth group, because we had those hard conversations with each other um, and with the adults. We would talk about whatever horrible thing was happening on the news and things like that. Um, and we got to practice those conversations in a safe place before we got thrown out into the adult world to have those conversations with people we didn't know quite as well. And then the second thing was I really learned how important the Word of God is. Um, all of our lessons were either based on here's a passage in scripture, what do we take from that and apply to our lives today, or here's a situation we deal with as a society, as a youth group, as an individual, um, what can we find in scripture to use to deal with that? Um, and using those kind of things has helped me get through pretty much everything else that life has thrown. Um, and those are things that I wouldn't have learned without youth group. So my hope is that y'all will continue to invest in the children and the youth of the church because they do grow up to be the future. Um, and y'all invest in them, and it helps them so much as they grow up and as they become adults. Um, and I've gotten to watch them grow the last few months as part of the youth group, and it's been so fun. So I just pray that y'all will continue to invest in them. Thank you. Hi, I'm Chancellor Reynolds. I'm a senior um, as a part of this youth group. I've been a member for G at GPC since about 2008-2009. Um, as a sixth grader, first coming into the youth group, I was really nervous. It was a new group of people, completely new environment, and I was it was just scary. And but as soon as I walked in, I felt welcomed and just I knew I was in the right place. And um, just, I never felt excluded. Um, there was always someone there to talk to, and just, uh, it has always been a great environment for me to grow in my fellowship with others and strengthen my faith um, through numerous retreats as well, like Pinecrest and Montreat, and then other service projects we've done together. Um, overall, it has helped me become just a better Christian, I feel like, and helping understand other people's perspectives and learning more and growing in myself. And so, I personally hope that y'all support this Engaging Our Potential fundraiser campaign for the future of our church and keep things like our youth group operating and staying amazing as it is right now. Thank you.
thank y'all so much. What wonderful affirmations for why it is that we continue to give to this body of Christ so that we can indeed invest in the future and to be a part of all that God is doing here in our midst. We've heard God's word read and proclaimed to us, and now we're, we're blessed yet again to stand together and to affirm our faith. And we will use question one of the Heidelberg Catechism as printed in your bulletin. What is your only comfort in life and in death? That I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Because I belong to him, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. And so now we come to that time when, if this is the right time for you, that you will be invited to come to the center aisle and to indeed place your commitment in the basket. But for those of you that this is not the right time, or those of you who are just visiting with us, then you may be seated as others begin to make their way and know that um, the time will be right for you, and we invite you into this uh, community of faith whenever that time is right. And so for those of you who want to come now, we invite you to come. Let's pray. Jesus, we hear you. We hear your response to the cynicism and the questioning of Pilate's heart, which definitely echoes some places in our own. And we hear you 
defying reason and defying logic, by creating a banquet table in the middle of the dark places of our lives and feeding us with your goodness and your very self. And so, Lord, as we come before you and commit ourselves to you this morning, we also commit to you our community that, as you know better than us, is reeling from violence and a shooting not too far from here. And we ask that you would be with the family of the victim and the community and the businesses that are so negatively affected by this. God, empower us as your agents of grace to be a presence of healing and calm and love where none of those things feel close by. And Jesus, we hear you as you declare yourself to be our Lord and Savior, and you defy for us what that means. To be totally honest, we don't have monarchs here, and so that's kind of weird for us to call us, to call you our king. And yet it feels so right, because you also call us your friend and your servants. And so, Lord, we lift to you every place in this community and beyond that craves to know you as Lord and Savior. And as citizens of your kingdom, we thank you for empowering us this morning to go and be a blessing, to spread your gospel in word and in deed wherever we go. Lord, have mercy on us. And in the stillness of our own hearts, we hear your own voice bubbling up. And so we pray together the prayer that you taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now as God has spoken to us and we've had an opportunity to speak back, we have the grace of participating in what God is doing in our lives And so out of obedience to Scripture and out of gratitude for the fact that Jesus actually is our Lord and Savior, we respond in many ways, and one of them is through the giving of tithes and offerings to Christ. And so now I invite our ushers to come forward and receive our gifts to God.
let us turn to God in prayer. Holy God, you call us from every tribe and language and people and nation to share in your everlasting kingdom. Bless now these gifts and our commitments that we bring in joyful obedience to you. Use our gifts and us according to your will to further your kingdom in the here and now and your kingdom yet to come. In the name of Christ, our Lord and King, we pray, and together we say, Amen. Christian friends, indeed, rejoice in the good news of God through Jesus Christ. And take that rejoicing out into the world as you go to love and serve the Lord, and as you go to love and serve your neighbor as yourself. And as you go, may the grace of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon you and dwell in your heart and in your mind forever. Amen.